Some people are silly. <laughs> and this is Hyperborean Radio. This, this is the Lorekeeper speaking, and with me today is, of course, Celtic God. Right, and this is the show at least three people have been waiting for. We're going to talk about your experience out at the Survival Experience Camp. Yes, mine specifically because for you it was kind of just relaxing because you've been yes. uh, you've been on much longer, much harsher trips before. Yes, I was pretty relaxed you know, pretty much the whole time. Yes, I was not. The first couple of days, I was pretty much physically exhausted, fatigued. I ended up throwing up like five times on the second night. And it was because it, you'd think it was because of the food we ate. Because to be honest, simply put, the food up to that point had not been amazing. Nope. They had been... Uh, it was very heavily improvised. Yes, it was uh, charcoal-esque. But uh, no, it was actually nerves or uh, fatigue, just like when you probably do like a combination a, of both. Yeah, with uh, the like, if you've ever been to a powerlifting right. competition or watched people do. Well, that. we mentioned it, or you mentioned it on our Patreon post. Was it the second night? I think you you was vomiting. Yeah, and there was a chorus of vomiting from the very. Oh yeah, the next the next day us. when more people had shown up with an earshot and you could hear like just people vomiting like a freaking Family Guy episode. Yeah. That's why I'm inclined to believe it. it. It's two things. One, physical exhaustion, probably the prim- the primary driver. The other is stress levels actually going down because you, even while that first day when you was feeling like you was going to die and part of the second day when you, you, oh, this is, why did we do this? You was still far less stressed than your normal day to day. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things we noticed since we got back is we are physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's stressed all the time. You're constantly on your fight or flight response, at least at the minimum level. Yeah. So if you live in a city, it's it's actually something I've been thinking about for a long time is if traditionally we lived with about 200 people, that'd probably be the upper before you start getting like a city-esque situation. Well, yeah. no, uh, small towns are bigger than that. They're give or take a thousand. Yeah, but it's actually a small town. But then you still have like mild subdivisions in the small town. Well, yeah, because it's not a thousand people living in 15 square feet. It's a thousand people living over a quarter of a mile spread out. And um, yeah. And basically, when we got back, we had a bunch of realizations. Well, I had a bunch of realizations. Thank You'd you. already had those. Yeah, I was, you was using just getting ro- caught up. I was using the royal we. Yes. Well, but, and you had some of those realizations when you was out there even. Oh, yeah. I started uh, ranting about how annoyed I was by, like, uh, the carnivore diet people. Because I'm like, yeah, you can do it in the modern day with refrigeration and all these. F- but you can't do it. Like, we would have been lucky to get a porcupine out there if we'd mm-hmm. been allowed to hunt. Uh, there yeah. were Well, and there was other people out there, so we would have had to fight for the porcupine. Yeah, well, and try to split it between, like, the 50 people just in the general vicinity. And that's actually another thing we realized while we were out there is because there was a period of time where there was a lot of people there. Well, it's not a video game. Yeah, it's not a video game. But uh, there was a lot of people out there at one point, and pretty much we started talking about how if everybody's tent was actually, like, a small cabin, you'd basically have a village. And we even talked about, like, where we set up camp. We could have actually, if we'd kept adding to it, it would have turned into a cabin built out of a, a side of a hill and a tree. Yeah, basically a fortification Yeah, is what it could have eventually turned into. And it's like all the little tents. Had they been sod houses, you'd never even notice them. Oh, you barely notice the tents because they usually tucked them away. Mm-hmm. They were in, like, the hills or 
stuff like that. You could hear them, but you didn't necessarily see them. Right. So we didn't, because of all the company, we didn't get to do everything that we wanted to do. But um, Oh, no, it's kind of hard to throw hatchets when you might accidentally hit, you know, the can't. Well, it's not just that. You're, you're still dealing with people, and people get, let's say, odd. Well, it's the terrifying. It's like the the... We actually knew somebody, he would go out to the woods and just do stuff, and someone thought he was hunting squirrels and, like, called the With cops on him. Yes, a knife. If, if you can, And I'm right here right now. I'm saying if you can catch a squirrel with a knife, you deserve it. I don't care what season it is. <laughs> but, yeah, while we were out there, you start to realize a lot of things don't matter. Like, I didn't miss, like, well, video games or TV shows the, at all the while thing I was is, out is there. The thing is what it is that you, you even verbalized at the time. The things that you thought mattered don't, and the things that you didn't think matter do. Yes. So it's everything's, well, not everything, but most everything is tipped upside down on its head. Well, it's like food, for instance. Food takes hours to make in the woods because it takes like an hour just to get the fire hot enough and then an hour to cook it. And then by the time you're eating it, yet, because actually while we were out there, my stomach shrank. Mm-hmm. I could eat less and less food. I think that's part of why I threw up is my body was sort of hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. And I actually felt better and better and healthier and healthier while we were out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my skin cleared up. I, uh, like most moderns, there's a few skin issues I have. I My focus, I could focus for the first time. I wasn't constantly distracted. I had clarity of thought, clarity of mind. I could actually think clearly. I could relax. I could actually just sit back and stare at the swaying trees and actually just and it's actually we actually started talking about how this whole idea of being enlightened that people get that's not what works for us like we've actually talked about how I mean, enlightened is the right word but the there's the the, the, the the word has been polluted so the connotations of it is incorrect well it's like meditation meditation is a european thing but it's done in the modern day in a dharmic way uh so we chose the word clarity Right. Much like we use the word contemplation in place of meditation because it's the closest word that hasn't really been corrupted. But I started to get a little bit of clarity while we were out there because you start to realize, like you said, all the things that matter and all the things that don't. And you start to realize how little you actually need, mm-hmm. but also how hard you have to work for the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we would just spend hours collecting firewood. Right. Well, and the thing is, is like... You mentioned that you was eating, we was eating less when, when we was out there, but we was actually also eating higher density calorie or h- higher caloric density food. Oh yeah, most of it was meat. I know I was making fun of the carnivore diet, but it's because some of our meat actually went bad while we were out there mm-hmm. because of how how it was. Yeah. So because temperature is a real thing. Yes, and we didn't have the setup to dry it or anything. Right. So you have all of I these. I mean, I was hoping that we'd land in an area where I could have showed you how to do that. But where we was. Not an option. Wasn't really viable. Well, and then you had um, another thing you start to realize is how important other people are. Like all these people that want to go out and get their 40 acres in a mule and fuck off from everybody. First of all, anybody with a team of like five people could take your land and kill all of you. Mm-hmm. Just, just to get really dark and dour at the most extreme. Go, but, go dark first and then go light. Yes, but just simply put the amount of work it takes. It's like all these people that go homestead and then they don't hire any ranch hands and all their kids are too young to help. Mm-hmm. Shit just doesn't get done because yeah. there's too much and there's too few people. There's too few hands. It's why every farmer 
who are, it's like old European communities used to have everybody helped with the harvest. Mm-hmm. You went out and you did it. The entire village did. Yeah. And everybody got a little bit of a share. Whereas uh, in the modern, in the more modern sense, people would just hire ranch hands or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it's because you can't do it all your, on your own. Just running a homestead on your own is physically impossible. Well, modern farmers can't do it on their own and they have all this equipment. It requires multiple hands. And they have all this modern equipment to help them do it. And they, they still can't do it all on their own. They have to hire people to help or have a large family. Oh, yeah. Well, another thing that happened was my sleep all got all of a sudden got fixed. I mean, it got. Uh, I remember before going out there, you was arguing with me that not just you, but people was semi nocturnal. No, no, no. I actually never argued we were semi nocturnal. I argue I I was joking that we were that I was being nocturnal. I never claimed that. Um, But there are people that do that claim people are semi nocturnal that. Well, you see, we're supposed to be asleep during much of the day, and then we wake up at night. And I'm like, what are you, a vampire? It turns into, like, even on the first night, started getting dark, started getting tired, started getting light, started waking up. And then right around noon, lay down time. Oh, yeah, when it's really hot out. Not necessarily sleep, just lay down. Oh, and time means nothing out there. Like, there were times where I was like, holy crap, it's getting dark. And then there were other times where I'm like, well, please get dark already. I got nothing else to do today. So multiple hands are important because if you have somebody whose main job is collecting the firewood, keeping the fire going, you don't have to spend an hour specifically getting the, the fire ready to cook on. Yes. And then someone actually keeps the fire. They keep the coals and then they can. That's why the eternal flame is so important Mm -hmm. is if you have an eternal fire going in your house, even if it's just a candle, it is so much easier to start a fire if you already have a fire Mm -hmm. like the second day because there were still warm coals buried under the ash. I was able to get a fire started really quickly. Right. Whereas other days when the coals had all gone out, it took hours. Depending on the wood that was burnt. Yes. Or when when we stopped feeding the fire oh yeah and that's and another thing is fire placement there's a reason fires inside the house is because when you're camping if your fire is too far from where you are it's pointless you can't cook you can cook there but then you're a little far from everything else and yeah yeah so placement matters let me see the the world's greatest invention ever of all time the disposable lighter yes specifically the disposable lighter well, because if you have that, you can rebuild everything. Well, and the disposable lighter, because you can argue any lighter, like the refillable, it's it's a superior lighter, and in many ways it is. But this the refillable lighter evaporates. The fuel evaporates in it, so you have to co- have a constant supply of fuel to refuel it. However, with a disposable lighter, that's not really an issue. No. Which is why I count the disposable lighter as the greatest invention of all time of mankind because with that we can then rebuild fire and then restart everything else oh yeah and i got and it's easier because yes you can start a fire by hand which you did make one by hand yes well what i was getting at is there were also technologies that i often complain about because i live in the modern day so like we Mm -hmm. have a, a fridge that has its own issues and stuff like that and i realized even though i constantly complain about my fridge I love my fridge. My fridge is very, very useful. 
I would very much dislike it if I didn't have a fridge. Same with the oven and the stove. It is very nice to be able to flip a switch and have flame. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you'd have to spend an hour just starting the flame. Right. Well, and I showed you what it's like to cook over just flame because I'm sure that there's some people out there, well, you don't have to build up the coals to cook over over the fire. Just use the flame. Yes, you do. It doesn't, the, the flame itself. Is not the hard part. Yeah. It's not steady enough to get your cooking implement hot enough without special equipment. And we went out there without the special equipment. So, yes, there are things that you can do to cook over just a flame. However, in general, that doesn't work unless you're in a specific environment or have specific equipment, well, we which out, we had neither. We went out there on uh, borderline hard mode because we didn't even bring a uh, frying pan. We ended up using one of our plates as it because we tried the whole just stick a stick through it and mm-hmm. cook it over the fire. That's how we got the charcoal briquettes. Right. And there were no rocks, so I couldn't make a rock stove, which oh, is yeah. what I was going to do. That that was I'm like, oh, well, we'll just get some rocks and can do an oven and a stove. I'll show them how to do that. Well, nope, couldn't show you that because there was no freaking rocks. Yep. There wasn't even gravel. No, it was a very sandy area. <clears throat> and yeah, it's. All these things that you think don't matter. And the worst part is, is when you come back and you have this clarity that I had and then to feel it sort of get chipped away because I still have it. But like I still occasionally complain about the fridge, even though out in the out in the forest, I was like, man, I miss my fridge. The fridge is amazing. The fridge is one Mm -hmm. of the bestest inventions ever. There are many, many things like that. And it's. You start to lose focus again because there's just too many things. Mm-hmm. You got to keep track of all these things. And a lot of them, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter. Right. But they matter everything. Like, so, like the light bulb itself isn't evil and the bane of mankind. It is a useful tool. The only problem is when you come to depend on it. Well, it's like I even said it while we were out there. I fail to see the evils in the neighborhood diner or the uh, little league baseball diamond Mm -hmm. it's what it is that we're doing with it i've made the same argument for cell phones computers all technology there's there's not an issue with the technology itself it's how are we using the technology and and how dependent are we on it well like you can't even apply for a job anymore Mm -hmm. unless you have the internet yeah you have to have the internet and at least a cell phone if not a computer because you most places you can't cannot apply without going online yep or uh, cars. You can't just, most places you can't walk to for work. I mean, you can take public transportation. I guess you could if you wanted, in some in some cases, if you wanted to walk five, five hours but, to work and then walk five hours back. And yes, people have done that in the past, but it also killed those same people, well, causing them to go to an early grave. Well, yeah, because there's only so much. Like, while we were out there, it's actually something I realized. All these people that are like, you need to be cut. You need to have, like, almost no body fat. They would die out there. I lost really like quickly. they would have got really sick had we gone camping. Or camping to me, that's all it was is camping. Yeah, it was Even a sur- it was a survival experience for the city boy. For the country boy, it was Wednesday. Yes, it was just well, it was a camping. couple of Wednesdays. But had somebody gone out there that was cut, they wouldn't have died. But they would have got sick in those first two days. Oh, and I got sick in the first two days, and I wasn't cut. Like I, I have a you was almost cut after just two days. Oh yeah, that's partly why I'm and like you ate. I ate. I wasn't starving. I ate actual food, but it's just the sheer exhaustion and fatigue of doing all that. You lose fat really quick. You also gain muscle really quick, yes. and it's painful. Yes. 
the 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 muscle spasms and you can feel the muscles swell and yeah. yeah well and like uh one of the the shelters we built we built it at a slight incline so i had to like <laughs> tense my ass every time i wanted to sleep i think if uh, we'd been there for months instead of how long we were uh i probably would have had like adonis style ass muscles no <laughs> i would have said screw it and took and dug it out and we didn't have a shovel so what would we have dug it out with uh hands and our axes yes because it was sand so yeah could dig it out with that and then well it was sand and it was loam yeah sand and loam but it would have been easy enough to dig down it would have been very calorically intense because the sand wasn't just sand either the sand was like clayish anybody that's been around where there's areas where there's sand and loam the sand it's sandy but it's also has a lot of clay content in it oh yeah i don't know like the amount of things you start being like, is this worth the caloric output? Um, like gathering the firewood in an area that was scavenged for firewood. Okay, well, we got to walk to go get firewood. Now, is it worth carrying back these little handfuls or should we get a bigger piece? And then what is the payoff, the, the re- risk versus reward? Oh, and fires are hungry. Yes. You have to constantly feed flames. It's why, like, candles are a very good invention. Lighters are a very good invention. Because, actually, with via lighters, we actually still have an eternal flame. It's just it's not constantly lit. Because you can have fire at a moment's notice. At the flick of your thumb. Yes. It's like magic. There are so many things you start to really value while you're out there, and so many things that you start to almost despise. Like, when I came back from the woods i didn't really like television i was actually kind of annoyed but i started putting it on again pretty much just because it was better that than the noises unfortunately that exist in a city hearing people because you can hear people that's two three blocks away and it's not that they're being loud no it's just they're there well there's not enough buffers there's too many people in one area Mm -hmm. um and then you have um like I, I got to the point where I can't watch movies and TV really anymore because it's all just bad. Like, I've tried. Yeah, you come to appreciate good stories. Not that you didn't appreciate them before, but you come to appreciate good stories in a way that you that you just can't well, until that's, you get away and kind of unwind. Well, that's another thing that you start to realize while you're out there is storytelling. Why storytelling is such a valuable thing is you learn skills that way. But you also, it's an entertainment like yes. we we actually told stories to each other while we were out there, mm-hmm. and it's it's important. Well, and the value of fire for entertainment. Oh yeah, I mean we couldn't build a big enough fire. I explained to you for the traditional storytelling fire. It's an event. Yeah, it's a whole shadow puppetry. You get people involved, and you you just aren't doing that with a small campfire. Well, and actually, uh, talking about stories is. Uh, right before we left, we actually met a, another heathen who'd been camping near mm-hmm. us. And uh, we cannot remember his name is Tim Jim something. It was like Tim that. or Jim. He had going, his young I'm son going with call him. Stumpy. Yeah, he might be listening. He uh, he didn't have his right hand, so we, we started calling him Stumpy. Um, but uh, we him actually, and his son was out there camping. Yeah, we we actually thank you to the porcupine because I was telling CG. You know, people actually would love to see porcupines. Yeah, Most I didn't think nothing seen. about it because well, I'm like, oh, it's a porcupine. You're a youper. You've pet porcupines. Yes, whereas Don't pet mo- against the grain. Yes, that's a bad idea. And their their quills are not always up, and they're usually just vibing in trees. Yes. 
I think we actually ended up uh, camping in their nest because you could hear them rummaging around. And then whenever they realized we so. were there, they would like, oh, gosh, there's still people in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, like they were just waiting in the trees for us to leave. Just vibing. Oh, they were probably so happy when we left. Oh, yeah. Especially because we left uh, a couple of things like some potatoes there. Mm-hmm. But um, we uh, went and got people and they shot up and we were telling talking to them. And then we did the same thing with the heathen and his son. And we talked to them for like, I think, three or four hours. I, I don't know. It was a while. It was like over half the afternoon. Yeah, I, n- none of us had watches. None of us had watches. Our phones were off. We had them, but we didn't have them for phone stuff. We had them for mm-hmm. when we left and needed the GPS. But we talked to them about, you know, different stories, different gods, traditions, concepts, bears. Or place in nature. Pretty much all the stuff that we always talk that we And they were enthralled. They were enraptured. Like, mm-hmm. they were actually just sitting and staring at you while you talked. <laughs> the, the boy was just absolutely fascinated by the fact that you killed a bear when you were 14. Yeah, not by choice. I don't recommend trying to do it. No, that, that's the thing is all these people are like, I want to fight a bear. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You, you, you don't want to. Well, you might want to until you do, and then you'll be like, no, that's a bad idea if you survive. Well, you, it's a, you'll decide, no, it's a bad idea. Yeah, well, and it's you start to realize the value of community. You start to realize the value of stories. You start to feel, realize the value of communication, of food, of refrigeration, of all of these things and you begin to realize your own place in nature and that it's not that nature is cruel nature doesn't care it'll sit there and watch you starve to death or freeze to death and do nothing to help you it doesn't care it just is it will also watch you thrive and again it doesn't care because nature is too busy doing nature things too busy to worry about the individual you well, it's why I always describe uh, Mother Nature as having bloody, calloused hands. Yes. Having my brain and basically she, get clear. Well, and while Mother we're out Nature there. might hug you or strangle you to death. Yes. You just never know which. And she doesn't know which. It's kind of like uh, Lenny in uh, of Mice and Men with the Rabbit. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the clarity of mind I had while I was out there, I miss it. I miss it a lot because I could think clearly. I felt so much healthier. Like the little things. Like. Well, and you noticed too when when you came back, the city is actually for it having so much more. It's actually more muted. Oh yeah, the colors are muted. It's like everything is less vibrant and mm-hmm. less alive. Uh, well, and we were out there barefoot, just using our bare feet everywhere we went. Uh, with Not ex- our deer feet. We would strap on our bare feet and go walking. Yes, we 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 uh, were barefoot the whole time. Uh, aside from a couple of times we were walking in and out with our uh, boots and yeah our feet were healthier i started to walk better Mm -hmm. um and actually when we came back we actually had issues with our feet because of having to wear shoes and uh all of the different let's go with uh things that exist on the floor in the city so there's a floor you mean on the ground on the ground yes but also on the floor right but it's all these little tiny things, and, and yeah, I, I don't even know what what to ask because there's so many things that other people find interesting. Where I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. Well, that's kind of the issue. Is it would be very useful if we had someone else, like a third person, a third person who didn't go on the trip. Because to you, it was just relaxing. To mm-hmm. me, it was a very important experience. And to a third person, they might be able to ask questions. But really, it's the barbarian talking to the guy that 
spent a time in the woods. Right, and we didn't take tents. We took tarps. Did we need to take the tarps? Absolutely not. I explained to you how to build shelters without the tarps. But I knew that we was going to a place with rules where there would be witnesses. So there's certain things that you can't do for shelters. Certain things that you you shouldn't do. Well, yeah, if the park, uh, what are those people called? The, um, the park officer people, anyways. If they show up, yeah, you're going to catch a fine if you do DNR, it. I think? No. Park uh, rangers? Park services, that's what okay. they're called. National but, Park Services. But, um, yeah, one of the other things was people knew we were camping up there, but mm-hmm. none of them, were, they were like, where's their tent? Yeah, they couldn't figure out where our shelter was. Because we had it built under a fallen tree with tarps and everything. And that's the thing is like when we explain like... Not how, under the root ball. No, that's a bad idea. Don't that do that. That's a very bad idea. Never do that. But a lot of people are surprised and they actually said like, oh, I wish we'd done that. Yes. And kind of reinforces what we've been saying that most of our traditional building methods they bleed into uh they just bleed into the environment you can't notice them and like we talked about what we would do if we had more time in there well we didn't even try to hide the shelter but they couldn't see it they couldn't find it no and then if we'd actually been able to build further like say we were this was frontier land and we were building a cabin you just start digging down to kind of get a more of a shelter so you Mm -hmm. can actually stand up in there you start putting wood up. Right, because we was on top of a hill, on the top side of, of a, a hill. hill. So it would have been easy enough to dig into it. And then you basically get to the point where you've built a small house in there, w- reinforced it with all this wood and stuff, and then you can actually take the sod and put it back over, and you basically have a turf house, a mound. Yes. It's all these little things, because like when we were in the water, like living water, I cannot emphasize enough how good it is for If you. you're curious, like Michigan. Yes, the um the water actually my skin cleared up it's actually got healing mental elements too i mm-hmm. don't even know how to describe it but it's there's a reason we attributed quote unquote magical properties to living water well and with um the water in, in lake michigan i talked to some of the people there and they was just amazed to find out that we was drinking the lake water without filtering it it's like why would you filter it and then explain explaining to them the ways to tell if water is safe to drink assuming that you're from the area because there's there's different bacteria in different areas and your body gets used to inside the water and it's in water everywhere it's why people from north america get the diarrheas when they go to mexico and they drink the water there there's nothing wrong with the water there's just different microbes that's what i was after different microbes in the water down there that we're not used to in the north and vice versa well like when i first moved up here from iowa i had a little bit of trouble with the water yes so and the further away that you get the the more issue there oh yeah if someone moved from california to maine they'd probably be pretty ill just from the water for a a few days until they adapted to it if they kept drinking the water to keep from dehydrating death they would um uh, they would adapt yes rather quickly why because we're supposed to drink water but they was all these people they have these um these really expensive filter systems and spending hours a day trying to get enough water to drink and to cook with and i'm like why are you doing that and they had no idea that that the lake water was safe to drink and no. So then I, I walked them through through the process of finding how to find out if the water is safe to drink and they was just stunned. They was amazed. And some of them then felt guilty about getting these filters that society, technology, civilization told them that they needed because fresh water will fucking kill you. What? 
Well, and a lot of people were scared to get in it. You could see a yeah. lot of people did not want to go out and get on the lake. Yeah. Uh, they didn't like to walk into it. They were, uh, I think one of the people we knew was even trying to fill up a kiddie pool because yes. they were, you know, they're so, they're so worried about getting into the water. And this is what society has done to our people. They've made us terrible. We have this horrible draw, this agonizing draw to go to the wilderness. But then society drives in all these fears about the wilderness. Oh, yeah. Be scared of the animals. Be scared of the wind. Be scared of the trees. Be scared. And scared. all the water everywhere is going to kill you unless you buy the sparkling fresh. Buy sparkling fresh. It's water. And it's water that won't kill you. We guarantee it won't kill you for at least 80 years. And yeah, there are problems with the tap water and whatnot, but it's negligible. But most of the water is... Well, yeah. bottled water is usually just tap water. Well, yes. And it's in plastic. It's in plastic. Everybody knows about these microplastics, for instance. And microplastics are in our testes and in our blood systems. Well, assuming that you have testes. But um, then we go and we buy water in plastic or put it in plastic. What? Well, that's why actually um, when we got back, we actually started using we get... Um, like milk jugs, like the metal, mm -hmm. the not the metal, the uh, glass, glass milk, the jugs. other kind of metal. Yes. Yes. Just like uh, plastic is the other kind of paper compared to some yes. people because and the water actually tastes better and it is just the tap water. Like yep. we're not going through a lot a of what filters. people taste in the water is actually plastic. Well, and that's the other thing is a lot of these waters and droughts is because people are buying the water and shipping it around. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there's been. Well, they're removing it from the water table. How many? I looked it up. There's billions and billions of just gallons. in drinking water, just in sodas, juices. No, all this other that's shit. just bottled water. That's not counting all the stuff that all has the, water in it, like sodas and whatnot. And like there's entire towns it, that the water it, table's been. It destroyed. has to work out to multiple trillions of gallons of water that's been removed from the water cycle. Well, it's like, uh, like I was saying, there's a lot of towns that have basically had their water table drained mm -hmm. because there's no legal way to stop them. You'd basically have to go like domestic terrorist and start stopping Nestle from taking your water. Yeah, because the government ain't gonna do jack shit about it. Mm -hmm. And just to be clear, we at Hyperborean Radio, uncensored, do not condone violence. Just to just to just to cover our asses with Steve right. from the FBI, but um, hi Steve, hi Steve, uh, but you go like uh, Lake Michigan, uh, there or was it Lake Superior? Was it Lake Superior? Oh, Canada. with Canada, yeah, Canada that, was, that was Lake Superior, and they were trying to argue after they were dra draining the water table out of one of the Great Lakes. Well, it's on our side, yeah, but it's a lake. It, it's yeah. a lake. You're taking water from everybody. I mean, America almost went to war with fucking Leafland there. Yep. Uh, it was right up against it. It, it was a, almost a war that almost nobody knew about. Man, Canada! I know and, that and what are... they was doing was the concession was they can they can drain the water so long as the water stays in Canada. But what they was doing was they sending it to France, they sending it to the Middle East, they were sending it to Africa, they were sending it everywhere, not in North America. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, because Nestle is one of the worst perpetrators of mm -hmm. this, and Nestle is, I believe, a Swiss company, a European company. I wouldn't be surprised if you track back where a lot of these droughts in Europe are coming from. It's probably from all these companies. Oh, yeah, because like, there's a company, I think it's and, called... And, and it's not like they're getting together, rubbing their evil hands together, saying, ha, 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 let's no. cause droughts. No. 
they're, they're just thinking greedy. profit. They're greedy. And, and and people are buying it, buying the products. So the people are just as guilty as the company. Oh, yeah. Well, and part of it, too, is because they're buying the bottled water because they're scared to drink their tap water. I understand in some areas you can't. You can see it and you can smell it when you shouldn't drink it. Oh, yeah, like uh, Flint, Michigan. Yeah, like Flint, Michigan. You could see that water. That that was not good. It was like drinking mud. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of problems with yes. uh That's like in Iowa, um, I, uh, where I was from. Or we, in uh, Hawaii, where you can smell the fuel in the water. You probably shouldn't drink that water. Oh, yeah. Our senses tell us when we shouldn't eat or drink something. Yes. And it's... Uh, and granted, there are a couple of, of exceptions, but that's all that they are. They're exceptions to the rule. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the thing is, we have polluted the frick out of a lot of water. Like, mm-hmm. Iowa has a ludicrous water pollution problem, and it's not going to stop anytime soon, and it's affecting everyone downstream from us. Yes. And it's not the farmer's fault because the farmers don't want to do with the wastewater what it is that they're doing with the wastewater. The state is making them do it. Oh, yeah. And that's like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the hog companies in Iowa that are responsible for this are actually Chinese owned because there's a lot of hog owned Mm -hmm. uh, Chinese farms, uh, not hog owned, Chinese owned hog farms, not (laughs) hog owned Chinese farms. That's a very different dystopia. (laughs) That's a very different dystopian situation. That is very animal farm. Yes, I was about to say that. But um, the Chinese-owned hog farms. I want want Chinese rice. What? (laughs) (laughs) But the the, uh, Chinese-owned hog farms, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where a lot of the pollution comes from because the Chinese don't give two shits about that. Yeah, they don't care. No, that's why like they went from having the most one of the most diverse ecosystems to rivers with endangered species. What are those? Right. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of things that the, that farmers do, they do it because they legally have to, not because they want to. Oh yeah, like spraying pesticides on organic crops for bugs that don't even exist in that part of the country. Yeah, I hate to break these people. That's like I only buy organic. Organic is a business. Look into what it takes. To actually be organic. And at, most people stop at the, it takes seven years. Yes. But what are the things that has to be done during that seven years to prove that you're organic? There's still pesticides and chemical fertilizers and there's there's still all that crap. Well, that's like uh, in America. They've licensed something that was supposed to be good. Yeah. Well, it's like in America, um, we have something we realized we were out there. Or I did. I would use the royal we again. Junk food is not bad. Yes, it's not the bestest food. If you have the choice between a ribeye steak and a ho-ho, it's not hard to decide. Well, let's be honest. The choice between chunk of meat and ho-ho. Yes, chunk it of meat. It doesn't have to be Chunk of meat wins. Chunk, yes, of, meat. chunk of meat always wins. Yes. But, but if you can't afford that and you're basically homeless or you have uh, a severe decrease. Junk, junk food is calorically dense. It, it can will, actually save your life. Yes, like uh, I think Tim Poole brought that up when he was basically homeless. He basically just ate like a little one Debbie cre- snack cake. Yeah, one Debbie cream cake or whatever they're called. Uh, and it kept him from dying. Yeah. And he was drastically losing weight and moving as little as po- moving around as little as possible. Oh, yeah. Well, we were discussing it. There's two ways that all the bullshit falls away. You're either in the wild, which doesn't care, or you're so low on the social totem pole that nobody cares about you and you you can't help but see the world for how it is. Right. Like we've discussed Othan many times, and that's kind of the people he deals with are the people that don't really bother 
having a bullshit cocoon around them. Well, it's because they can't afford to. Yeah, they can't. They have to deal with reality as harsh as it is. A lot of people like to point at stars, stars, uh, wrong stars, um, entertainers, at entertainers and politicians say, well, they're so removed from reality. Almost everybody is so far removed from reality. The better off you are, the more removed you are. And it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not slamming anybody, but it's because you can afford to be. Oh, yeah. And, And I don't mean necessarily even financially because you don't have to pay money to be removed from reality all you have to do is be able to feed yourself on a regular basis and now the meaning of food has changed oh especially if you can just buy it yeah because like we actually pointed out like if we hadn't brought enough food and if we could legally have hunted and we were there for a while those porcupines that we liked looking at because they were just vibing and Mm -hmm. chilling they were dinner yeah Uh, i even explained uh how to get three different ways to kill them yeah three different ways to get them from down in the tree so yeah, a lot of these, oh, look at this beautiful bird. Isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dinner time. It's like uh, we've also we've joked before, like all these geese people complain about, they're full of food. Yeah, it's amazing how many people don't realize that the geese are full of food. Well, a lot of people or don't. Or that the porcupine is full of food. Well, this is the level of remove from reality some people get is they think meat is made in a factory. Well. They're not wrong, especially now, but they don't under, they didn't understand that meat comes from animals or there's people that the brown chicken eggs oh yeah uh lately because of the egg shortage they haven't bothered to be bleaching the eggs they put in uh egg cartons around here at least well so they're all brown this is the way that they did it before you have chickens that lay white eggs but a certain amount of brown eggs come out so they would separate the white eggs because they're more visually pleasing mostly because of the commercials so they take the brown eggs they charge more call them natural farm eggs and then they take the white eggs and they bleach them just to uniform the color because the white isn't uniform on. The oh, egg. yeah. Eggshell white is yeah. uh, it's a manufactured color. Yeah. Because real eggshell white isn't really white. But <clears throat> and then they would separate these out and they sell the white ones that they had to chemically treat for, for cheaper less than the brown eggs that. But now that they yeah. have the situation currently, all of that bullshit fell away. Yes. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen more and there's and probably more. people that wouldn't eat them because they're like, what's wrong with these, with these eggs? Why they're are they brown? brown? Yeah, and panic because eggs are supposed to be white. Oh, it'd be fascinating if all of a sudden we started getting like blue eggs and it's because, well, all the other chickens, we, we couldn't get them, so we got the Americana chickens. Right. Well, and it's because the, the government's making the farmers kill millions of chickens or lose their license. Which is insane. It's like there's a bunch of grain burning things and everything. And here's the thing. These are all things we noticed beforehand. But once you've been out in the woods, it's like, hmm, this is uh, this is very noticeable. And you can it, it you almost are removed. So even though we were kind of removed before, like when I got back, I had enough clarity that a lot of things that used to bug me. I'm like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. I used to go on rants about certain things and I just kind of stopped because they didn't bug me anymore. Well, the rants changed. Yes, the rants changed because it's a habit. There's many habits and ranting is one I do occasionally Mm -hmm. have. To be honest, when we was out there, you barely did. Oh, yeah. A lot of that fell off. And if you ranted, it was for like three minutes and then you was done. Oh, and there were a weirdly high amount of things that started to get healthier while I was out there. I had a clear thought. I had clear skin. 
my feet and walking and my hips and all these small issues you get while you're in the city. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They started to go away. Oh, and also another thing started to happen. Um, a lot of my hair started growing back and mm-hmm. not 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 my the top of my head, but um, like my the leg hair that gets rubbed off on the pants or the chest hair. All these things that people don't really yeah, think about. Yeah, because we ran around without shirts for the most part. You get hairy really quickly out there. Mm-hmm. Like we were joking that uh, if you, we were out there for too long, we probably would have just gone full Sasquatch. Yeah. Apparently our friends were joking about that too while we were gone. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Our, our the, the the very clothing that we wear in modernity is Not detrimental for us. For us. Yeah. Well, like... Um, the skin issues start clearing up. It turns out a lot of the... Um, the skin issues is actually ingrown hairs. Oh, yeah. And uh, another thing is is the bifurcation of fat. Mm-hmm. We brought that up before. Where, like right now, I have to wear the belt again because I have work clothes. But actually, while I was out there, the, the fat was redistributing. I was losing that. And actually, it was helping my back issues. Yeah. Because you, you have this artificial weight right in front of you. Uh, I'm not that fat, guys. So don't, if you're imagining like someone from... The Biggest Loser or something? No, no not I, even close. No, I, I look kind of just like a country. Uh, I look country strong, even though I don't live in the country. Right. But that's kind of the whole thing is modernity is at the point where it is literally making us sick just to remain in it. It's like mm-hmm. uh, uh, they pointed with out. No op- with no way to opt out. Opt out or at least mitigate. Yeah. Like you have to... Uh, Trying to find clothes that actually fit our biology. Almost impossible. Yeah. We, we don't even begin to know where to look, and we've been looking for months. Oh, yeah. We'd have to probably it, hire a tailor. Yeah. Have to hire a tailor or get um, very vintage clothing. Very vintage Which is clothing. hard to find, especially after freaking uh, that thrift shop song, because all mm-hmm. of a sudden all the cheap-ass grandpa clothes became expensive. Yes, that was my generation's pr- fault. I apologize to anyone older or younger. Right. <laughs> Millennials fuck some We shit blame up. you specifically. It's all your fault. Amazing. But, yeah, even smoking. Because just being out there, I started... I don't have breathing issues, but I still felt better when I breathed. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is even though smoking... And you breathe in a lot of wood smoke. Oh, yeah. A lot of it. I was you around in circles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was tearing up. It was... The fire liked me. There's an old saying uh, that the smoke follows you. You're the pretty one. So I guess I was the pretty one. Pretty stupid for sitting in the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> because the reality of it was, is no matter no matter what way the wind was blowing, he would end up sitting downwind from the fire. <laughs> so the smoke just blows straight into his face. It was awesome. Oh yeah, it was. It was your greatest form of entertainment while yes, we were out yes, there. Yes, it was, and and it was. It was a few days before you noticed I was specifically sitting in various spots. <laughs> well, and there was only two places to sit. So if you well, were... Well, there was four. There was four corners. Well, no, there were three corners because one of them was the shelter. I couldn't really... One, s- two, three, four, and then the shelter's five. And then actually there was six because uh, it formed a square. Oh, yeah. So I would sit on the upwind side. Whichever way the wind was blowing, I would orient myself so I was on the upwind side. And then you would sit across the fire, which was downwind. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's kind of hard. I kind of wish we'd done this shortly after we got back because then I'd be a lot more talkative about it. But I've been back to work. I've been kind of stuck mm-hmm. in the city. So I don't have as much clarity as when I first got well, back. Well, just the quiet. 
Oh yeah, dude, I miss the quiet so much. I miss the quiet. I miss the colors. I miss the breeze. I miss the stars, even though I only got a few glimpses of them. Well, and I remember the the first night. Um, I I mentioned it, and you agreed. It's actually louder out in the woods than it is in the city, but it's a different kind of noise. Yes. It's a quiet noise. And actually, like, one of the things you start to realize while you're out there is how noisy most of the animals are. Like, people act like animals are really quiet. No, they're not. They're super stealthy. The chipmunks were so loud. Oh, they're just straight up belligerent. Yeah, they don't chitter or anything. That would be the porcupines. The porcupines chitter. Yeah. But this, the chipmunks, nothing fucks with them because most of the things big enough to harm them are not fast enough to catch them and everything else. Even the squirrels, the chipmunks will fuck right up. Oh, yeah, because the chipmunks is chasing the, that squirrel out of there. Oh, yeah. There was one black squirrel that kept trying to get in on their turf and the chipmunks would fuck it up. Yeah, it, they was having none of it. No, this chipmunk territory. You get right out of yeah. here, Mr. Squirrel, you. The deer that walked by the camp. Just loud like it didn't know how to pick up its feet is... Just loud, arrogant, belligerent, but it didn't even know that we was there. And we had a fire when it, because uh, you might have been sleeping, but the deer came right up to the edge of the camp. So like the fire didn't bother it and that spotted us. And then it started, jumped up and it, it almost ran face first into a tree because <laughs> it wasn't quite dark. It was, it was early, early in the morning and there was still just a little bit of fire going. <laughs> and yeah, the deer was shitting and getting almost ran face. This this graceful, quiet animal crap. It, it doesn't know. It's just not no. A the thing. deer are anything but graceful. Maybe roe and red deer are in Europe, but white-tailed deer, uh, elk. No, and moose they're not. I, I I've. They're never. all. None of them are graceful. That's why I like people who they're ro- graceful like like humans in specific circumstances. Very graceful. Well, the rest of the time, just clumsy as hell. You want something that's kind of graceful. Uh, and they'd still be loud as fuck, but nothing will fuck with them. Uh, horses. Yes. They're kind of graceful. And they're they're kind of graceful because they're pretty clumsy too. Anybody that's spent a lot of time with horses has, has seen horses literally trip over their own feet. And penis. Uh, well, and I've seen them step on, on their own penis, which is amazingly hilarious. Even the other horses laughs at the horse that steps on his own penis. And yes, horses do laugh. Everything is graceful within this small bit, but part of the reason why why society really reinforces this idea that all these animals are super stealthy and they're they're super graceful and they're super fast and they're super strong and humans will never match up to that. That qualifier is always thrown in there to make us feel like we're lesser. No, we are fast. We are graceful. We are strong. We are coordinated. We're not. We're not the. We're hi- just not a chipmunk we're not as fast as the chipmunk we're not as well and actually we are faster than a chipmunk we're on a flat out run we are faster than a chipmunk however the chipmunk is really small and can corner so us catching a chipmunk is a whole nother story and chipmunks by the way eat snakes yes they're they're, uh they're hunters they're they're omnivores they're opportunistic hunters which almost everything is an opportunistic hunter it's just chipmunks don't specialize in it. But hey, baby bird, it's got dinner. But really, is there any difference in the way that chipmunk hunts versus wolf? Technique, that's it. Because they're both opportunistic. The animal is there. I have an opportunity to hunt it. I will hunt it. Horses hunt. 
when they're out there grazing in the field and they're eating all of this wonderful sweet grass and clover like everybody thinks they are also eating mice snakes and small birds oh yeah people do not understand how many snakes get eaten like everyone thinks the snakes are at the top of the to- uh food pole some of them are like i don't know a lot until of- they meet something bigger than themselves oh yeah that's like uh in the uh amazon the river otters, because they have mm-hmm. some big-ass river otters, they hunt caimans, yeah. which are uh, like small alligators. Mm-hmm. So, caimans, the retarded midget alligator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, yes, they have crocodiles. I don't think they have alligators in the Amazon, but all of the variations that aren't crocodiles, all the crocodilians that aren't crocodiles, mm-hmm. uh, the ones in the Amazon all suck. Yeah. I mean, they're dangerous, but it's like evolution. I think they have full-on crocodiles down there somewhere. I think so. But the the Cayman, yeah, look it up. Look it up. You'll have a uh, it, There's also the Garakal, but that might be in uh, India. Anyways, the cows, they're, opportun- they're opportunity hunters. They, they'll they eat the eggs, bird eggs. They'll eat the bird itself. They'll eat small rodents. If they can catch a chipmunk or, or a squirrel, if they're stupid enough to get close enough to their feet where they can stomp on them, they'll eat that too. Oh, yeah, they, they flatten it out like a pancake, and then they slurp, slurp it up. Slurp it up. It's just the way that life works. And other than that, they're yes, the cows are more geared towards eating vegetation. So are horses. However, that doesn't stop them from eating meat, same as we are geared more towards eating meat, but that doesn't stop us at all from eating vegetation. Oh, yeah, we are omnivores just like bears. Bears might prefer meat, but they'll eat uh, honey, they'll eat nuts, they'll eat roots, they'll eat berries. Right. Well, and so plants. will wolves. Everybody, well, what about wolves? They eat only meat. No, they don't. They will eat blueberries, they will eat flowers. There's all sorts of vegetation that they will eat. Well, that's why when you feed dogs, whether it's dog food or homemade dog food, you always include vegetables. They still oh, some need kind. Fu- some kind. It might be it's starch. Yeah, oatmeals, it might be potatoes, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And And if you feed your dog nothing but meat, but you let the dog out, the dog will get into vegetation and eat vegetation as well. Oh, yeah, you, you've you seen it. Like, yeah, I've Most seen people it. who've had dogs have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of basically the clarity that our people get while we're out there, and it would have just gotten more and more while I was mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I, wasn't about, I wasn't in a position where I could do it for very long. But you start to just realize stuff. There's a clarity of just everything you start worrying about the bullshit because the bullshit doesn't matter and that's the long and the short of it and your bowel cycle evens out too oh yeah you uh what you eat how you digest it um everything starts running proper like if you want to see what your body yeah if you if you want to see what your body is actually supposed to look like and we weren't out there long enough but go out to the woods for like two three months you might end up like that one guy you knew who was out in the woods for oh the one for that, months. that grew a that, that he grew he, a shirt yeah he grew his shirt he took off his shirt he's like ah freedom and then he grew his shirt <laughs> he right grew, got got a freaking pelt but basically remove all the bullshit get out to the woods for a few months and uh, actually do stuff don't just sit around and eat ho hos and marshmallows even going for a weekend is great but try to not take all the stuff oh that yeah you don't take that don't, you need. I mean, if you're going just for fun, a radio is fine, but don't bring a TV. Yeah. Don't bring a TV. I mean, if you're like uh, you when Leave you were your young. your cell phone in the car. Yeah, like when you were young, you, you did bring a TV, but it was because you were but camping. But I was with camping you. for most of the year. Yeah, because you were out there with your uh, stepdad. Yeah. But it's um, it's one of the things that people don't seem to understand. Well, some people are just naturally more heavy set. 
yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see if that's you, go somewhere that takes away the bullshit. Yeah. Because in society, you can look like a freaking potato. You can look like a Greek like statue. That's And because there's no immediate consequences for being overweight or underweight, you can stay this way for a while. But like I was... While I was out there, I lost a bunch of weight and I gained a bunch of muscle. My whole body was getting mm-hmm. right back into the swing of things. Started getting that Superman chest. Oh, yeah. Because your chest actually expanded. Oh, yeah. From all the labor and stuff, mm-hmm. breathing. Like, I really wish I could go out again. And I actually am planning on, uh, hopefully next year we can go out, maybe uh, go on a hunting trip so we can actually do more. But go even longer. And that that is one of the most important things. It's why the woods are so important why they show up in so many tales why people come out of the woods in these folk tales understanding things more yes it wasn't beamed to them by the magic tree god it's all the bullshit goes away that didn't even occur to me because i already understood why they come out with more clarity it never even occurred to me that some people might think that they're out there hyper meditating and the the trees are whispering their secrets and the the gods are beaming laser beams into their head to give them information and that never occurred to me that people might think that but now that you said it out loud oh yeah some people would think that some people are silly but uh it's like there's a a hermit from like swiss lore who Mm -hmm. was basically lived in a cave it's not that he was meditating all the time but he actually had a vision of uh i don't remember if it was a I, I think it was the old man of the mountain is my best guess some people attribute it to wotan i'll go with old man of the mountain but he actually sees a vision of a god and then has it, it gets kind of weird from there there's a golden bear skin and like the mountains sink and dead yep, rise and up i think it's one of three things and by the way meditation back then just meant thinking about something so contempl- contemplation was closer is closer to what they meant um, from a modern perspective, but one, it could have actually happened. Two, he could have gotten into some bad mushrooms. Three, he could have had a psychotic break because he is alone for so long. Yes, that's, all three of these things are equally valid possibilities. Well, some hermits used to live together. Some of them would get wives. Yeah, like it wasn't always like uh, the chast hermit living by himself on a cliff face. As a matter of fact, most of them weren't that way. Yeah, like there, there's a hermit that um was in the area when i was a kid he's dead now he god i hope he's dead because he was old as fuck when i was a kid but him and his wife they lived out in the woods and in a cabin that he built and through the summer their house would get bigger and he had a bunch of of windows that he traded some stuff for and as he built up his house he would insert the windows and the house would get bigger and they lived out there as the hermit and his wife and they had very select friends, which would come out and and trade with them and just hang out and have dinner with them and whatnot. And then through the, the winter time, their house would get smaller. Now, how was this happening? Because he's built his house out of firewood. He had the core house, and then it would expand because why make all these wood piles that don't really do anything when you can make the house bigger so that you can have guests and people tended not to go out there in wintertime because... The only way to get out there would be snowshoeing or riding a snowmobile. So they tended not to get guests in the uh, 
in the winter time. But yeah, it was a hermit and his wife lived out in the woods and the state was trying to chase them out, out of there and they owned the property themselves. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The state is always trying to destroy anything that's actually good for people. Well, it's because they couldn't control them and the state also didn't like that. The state knew that they lived on the property, but the state didn't know where they lived on the property and nobody from the well, surrounding area would tell them would tell the state where they actually Oh, the live. state always tries to go over anybody they can't keep track of. The mm-hmm. Hill Folk in Appalachia are the most famous example in the mm-hmm. U.S. Like, they've tried. but So, they, yeah, they're going to go after homesteaders. What do you think these 80,000 new IRS agents are, are doing? They're dude, going, they're going after the Amish. The freaking Amish. Yeah. They're going after anybody that's trying to be parallel or separate from mainstream society. So... Your homeowners, your small business owners, your your people that just trade too much. Well, here's the thing is they understand they, they've seen what happened to the last few uh, empires that tried to do this whole top down control method. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep it from happening again. They're trying to stop the parallel society from happening. Right. And in doing so, they're doing they're following the exact same course that caused all these other empires to fall. Well, it's, they're following step by step well it's like all the people that are terrified of 1984 happening they're the ones that are pushing for it to happen yeah even though they're trying to avoid they're it creating it out of out of their own fear well and it, the empire is is terrified of falling so is doing everything in its own power to tear itself down well we actually talked about this uh partially out in the woods and partially mm-hmm. after we got back is well people are my my thing with it was fear and not living in fear. That's the lesson to take away. Don't live in fear because if you do, whatever it is that you're afraid of is going to happen. Yes. Well, and it's also what you focus on, you give energy to. Mm-hmm. Like we covered this kind of in the magic podcast before we left. Part of how they control us is by convincing us we're powerless. Yes. And if enough people think that, then it happens. Yes. Even if you just want to go with, if enough people think this, then they don't think they have any power, so they don't accumulate power, so then they stay weak, which makes the whole group weak. Right. Because it's true. You are only as strong as your weakest link. Well, and you can never be any stronger than you believe. Yeah. So if you believe you can become as strong as a god, you might not hit it within the limited lifespan you have, but you might be but pretty man, freaking epic. you can epic. make one hell of a swing at it. Yes. And and far exceed most other people that don't believe that. Well, another thing you start to realize while you're out there is part of the reason they have to like make all these architectural rules and all this stuff is to make people unable to actually do things. Because mm-hmm. like you can't even build like a shed in your yard. Unless in most get, places. In most places, period. Not even just if you get permission, just period. There's There's been oodles of people that's been fined for buying a shed from Home Depot and putting it up in their yard. Or uh, some poor bastard that got fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for working on his car in his own property. Yeah. It, it's, oh, it's, and then, then the government, of course, blamed the neighbors. But then upon investigation, it had nothing to do with the neighbors. What it is in the end is they want control. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And here's the thing is, everybody out there, you have far more control over your own lives than you actually think right. you do. Well, and that's why the massive push against ethnic faith. Okay, I think some groups are naive and just kind of going with the flow that they've been taught. And then there's groups that are malicious, that are, they're not government plants. But what they're after is power and control. 
Oh yeah, the power and control is through this this other method, which is tried and true, and they don't even hide it. They say when we take power, when we get control, we're going to be the new Catholic Church. They even admit it. They want to be the Pope of paganism. They set up like you can see it. They'll set up like Odin as uh, a Yahweh figure. Sometimes they'll have Balder and Thor as like a Jesus figure and Loki as Satan, and they repeat this in all the pantheons. And that's why real ethnic faith gets poo pooed on from every direction. And part of it's just out of fear from from regular people because it's about your own personal power, your own personal responsibility, your own personal authority over yourself. The fact that you don't need a priest because that the the control mechanisms of the priest and the priest takes many forms nowadays. It takes the form of the school teacher. It takes the form of the doctor. It takes the form of the priest, obviously. the politician, the, the media the ghosty, personality, the, the pope, the actor. Yeah. All these things are priests leading you and guiding you through life. But is what they're leading you to and guiding you to worth anything? Well, it's like a post we did today. We pointed out that most Christians aren't Christian. No. They think they are, and they will fight it, it, tooth oh, and yeah. nail to say to, to it. They'll swing on you. Yeah. Even if you point out everything they do is heathen, they will consider themselves right. Christian. What you have to do is get them to understand themselves that they're not actually Christian, that they're heathen as fuck. Well, and that their ancestors were too. Yes. Like everybody's got at least one zealot relative from the Christians, but really most of them are pagan at the risk of sounding like a lot of other religions. They just don't know it. But the thing is, is what you have to, you have to take the soft touch and have it prove it, prove that to themselves. That's why they don't. Yeah. Anyways, it's a completely different, topic topic and subject and it's, it's but it's one thing you actually realize when you're out in the woods is first of all there's a reason that i always try to refer to our ethnic faith as we're the occam's razor the more complicated and uh uh and convoluted the less true it is actually about us yes and then the other thing people say there's no atheists and foxholes um there's no christians in the woods and yeah, there's been a lot of people that's uh, gone out to the wilderness that's actually pointed that out. There's oh, no Christians uh, in Doc the, Holiday, in the wild. Uh, Grizzly Adams for a couple. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, yeah, we're there. And um, if you're curious what the song is that I'm going to put in after this, it's called Celtic Bandit. Yep. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and say if you want clarity, even just a little bit. Go off to the woods and leave the toys behind. You will find some peace of mind and maybe a little bit of your inner barbarian. And with that, the lore keeper's out. All right. I'm just going to remind everybody we was given strength, courage, and wisdom. It's up to us to decide what to do with it. See you guys next week. Or in two weeks. Whatever. See you guys next time.